0: Knack, knack. Who's there? Uh, yeah, I'd rather not share that with you. Hey, no sweat. Come on in. Make yourself at home and take anything you want. Wait, you wouldn't let a stranger in your house. Why would you let anonymous traffic scrape your website? Introducing IP Info's Privacy Detection API, a fast and simple way to detect malicious traffic. Activate your free trial today at ipinfo.io. And don't forget to use the promo code CODESTORY at checkout.
1: Thinking long term is probably the most helpful because you know how to build out the back end to a tech product if you're thinking long-term, even when you're building out the short-term features. We built as features were requested or as we thought of them, and we didn't think a lot about the long-term implications. And several times for that product, we had to rebuild enormous parts of the product because we had a lot of technical debt built up with former decisions. I'm Chelsea Roney, COO and co-founder of Proxy.
0: This is Code Story, the podcast bringing you interviews with tech visionaries who share in the critical moments of what it takes to change an industry and build and lead. A team that has your back. I'm your host, Noah Lappart, and today how Chelsea Roney is taking a Halloween trick-or-treating map and building the canva of interactive maps. All this and more on Code Story. Chelsea Roney graduated from Texas A&M in 2011. She is passionate about building businesses as her current venture is her third startup. But prior to her entrepreneurial adventures, she worked for Microsoft and Boeing, gaining incredible big industry experience. Outside of tech, she has a busy home life, being married and mom of two young kids. Her family has a number of furry friends at their house, including a husky and a few cats. During the first Halloween, within the pandemic, Chelsea and her co-founders experienced the need for mappable addresses in organizing Seattle trick-or-treating. What was built for that holiday got media attention, and their crew decided to build it right, apply it to an accelerator, and bring their solution to the world. This is the creation story of Proxy.
1: Proxy is a technology that enables individuals or businesses to head to our website, which is proxy.co, and make a customized map. We like to view ourselves as the canva of maps. It's super easy to get started. You can make a map for anything that you want to. Individuals use our maps to you know, map out things like every kid in the carpool group or, or every house in the carpool group. They use our maps to map out like wedding activities that are happening for their guests. We've had people put QR codes to their past year mapped out on a holiday card so that people could scan the QR code and click around and read about their year. So people, individuals use our maps for super creative and different reasons. Businesses use our maps for a whole different set of reasons. The top three are that our maps are brandable, they're crowdsourceable, and you can get analytics on map viewership. And eventually conversion is what we're working toward. So we aim to market to people in the community who are leaders in a sense, and they want to get other community members out at different places in their community. So let me give you an example. A chamber of commerce has member businesses, and oftentimes those are just on a list in their website. And they need a better way to visualize that and give that to people. And so they can use our maps to map out all the member businesses and then push them out in really easy to consume ways. Front desk hotel person might use Proxy to curate a list of recommendations for their guests and then understand where those guests have actually gone so that they can make better recommendations into the future. A local media company might use Proxy to showcase the top 10 things to do this weekend and then understand what their viewers have actually, or readers, have actually gone and done. So there's a myriad of reasons why people would use it, but we're really excited to make mapping easy for folks. Back to the first Halloween of COVID, parents were on edge in some cases like how can my kids visit different houses without coming in contact with (laughs) nasty thing and so my co-founder melinda was in a local facebook group and a parent there had written hey if you're doing distance candy delivery like leaving it out on your doorstep or candy shoot why don't you add your address to this comment area now, Melinda had spent time producing GIS tools for one of the U.S. intelligence agencies. And so when she saw this comment thread, she, you know, given her background, she was like, look, this doesn't make sense. What is a parent going to do? Type in the first address, go there, and then type in the second address. But the third address might actually be closer than the, to the first than the second is. You know, there's no way to visualize the proximity, and so she ends up putting all of these addresses on a map and makes it, she strings together a bunch of tools to make it so that it could be crowdsourced, so people could add more homes to the map. And it goes viral here in Seattle. She ends up on Good Morning America, et cetera. And we've been friends since undergrad. She also went to Texas A&M. She knew I've built and sold a couple of businesses. And so whenever this happened, she gave me a ring and was like, Chels, there's something here, you know, this went viral, it doesn't appear that there's another tool online to crowdsource maps. And so we ended up building an MVP and for crowdsourceable mapping. And then we put it online and more and more people found the maps but started requesting other features. And that's when we realized that there needed to be several other differentiating factors to maps like branding like analytics to make them really useful for community organizers and that's what we got started doing and we did that for six seven months and we got enough traction to where we thought this might have some legs so we ended up applying to a program called techstars which is an accelerator program that gives you a little bit of funding we get in which was super cool and we went through the program. And at the end of the program, we raised our pre-seed round just less than a year ago now. And we were able to hire a couple of folks and we've been working on proxy ever since and growing really quickly.
0: Let's dive into the MVP and I'm gonna, I'm gonna see where you take it. Either it's that first version from Halloween or maybe the version prior to Techstars or even after. Tell me about the MVP, that first product you built. How long did it take you to build and what sort of tools did you use to bring it to life?
1: I'll talk about the one we built going into Techstars. The main features for that were the crowdsourcing ability to add points to the map. And then I believe it was branding that we had incorporated by that point so you can change the logo at the top of the map and make it work for your business or even just for fun, you can change the, the header. Our base layer is based on Google Maps right now. It was then and it is now. And then we built the technology that anyone can see out there on our website on top of Google Maps. That's how we still are today. However, we've been adding more features as warranted in the market.
0: In building that first MVP and deciding to be Google Maps based or deciding about the first set of features you were going to add in, you have to make certain decisions and trade-offs, right? And you've been through this a few times, so this is this is something you're, you're familiar with, but tell me about some of those things that you had to work through with Proxy as far as decisions and trade-offs and how you cope with those decisions.
1: Thinking long-term is probably the most helpful because you know how to build out the back end to a tech product if you're thinking long-term, even when you're building out the short-term features. So with my first product, we built as features were requested or as we thought of them. And we didn't think a lot about the long-term implications. And several times for that product, we had to rebuild enormous parts of the product because we had a lot of technical debt built up with former decisions. So going into this product, I knew that we needed to think long-term. I think having a North Star vision and really visualizing what we want for Proxy in the long-term future is super important in terms of prioritizing features up front. For instance, we see Proxy as the most innovative tool, or it will be the most innovative tool out there, for personal navigation. So we will eventually be able to help people understand where to go and what to do in the most personalized way. You will choose to use the Proxy app over Google My Maps, over Yelp, when you choose what to do next in your life and when you're planning, having that in mind whenever we prioritize even now is super helpful. So we know that to get to that point, we have to first make it really easy for people, reliable sources of information to create content on maps. And so our first version of the product, which we still kind of believe ourselves to be in now, is building out the Canva of maps. So making it so simple for the casual cartographer to get their local knowledge into a map and make it so easy for them to share is super key. And then we think about every feature that it has to be aligned to that vision. And if it's not, it can't happen. We have to be ruthless about long-term impact, aligning to our long-term vision, aligning to the North Star metrics that will help us build toward that vision. So I think that's my biggest piece of, or my biggest takeaway is to always look to the long-term.
0: Moving forward then, so I hear, hear you saying you're still in the first version how are you going to approach product progression? And I've heard it I've heard at least a little bit in what you said so far, but maturing and progressing the product. To wrap that in a box a little bit, what I'm looking for is how are you going to go about building your roadmap and deciding, okay, this is the next most important thing to build for proxy.
1: So we're in the first stage of our product right now. We believe that we have a set of features that are really compelling to local community leaders and activators out there who need to you know, drive action in their local area. And so knowing that we already have that key set of features that help them operate their own organization or business or even just their following allows us to move to the next stage. And we believe that to be product-led growth for our current product. So whenever we're looking at our next set of features, it's all about, you know, creating stickiness, creating different ways to share, creating links within maps. So I like to refer to it as like the Wikipedia black hole of maps. So if you click into one point, it will say also featured on this other map, and then you can go down this hole of all of these different maps to explore. So product-led growth is the biggest thing that we feel is up next, and then once we have made it to a critical mass of users we know that we will be ready to surface that content in better ways to the consumer and so just based on the long-term vision we know that you know eventually an app will be in the future eventually a really strong section of the website where you can explore the world with different maps is in the future
0: okay well let's switch to team then so how are you going about building your team and You know, what do you look for in those people to indicate that they are the winning horses to join you?
1: Passion for the product and passion for the vision. So people can get really jazzed about transforming and revolutionizing personal navigation. That's someone we're interested in talking to. Or passion for GIS, passion for the space in general. We're very small, so every person has to wear a lot of hats, and we look for historic tendencies within people to be capable of and really excited about wearing a lot of hats. Our next set of hires will be more so subject matter experts, because that's what we need next. We'll be able to get a little bit more specific in our next round of hiring. There, we will look for People who want to join something fast-paced, fast-growing, who who really want to push the boundaries. And oh, one thing we definitely look for are people who give active input in every situation. So if we're in a meeting talking about product or we're in a meeting with a customer, we want someone who will jump in there and have active dialogue, questions someone who will be thinking super critically about our journey instead of just taking orders
0: okay let's flip to scalability so was this built to scale efficiently from day one or are you fighting this as you grow in any capacity
1: it was built for scalability day one my husband happens to be a software developer, and so he gets assigned to all of my ideas in their initial stages, and I think he's learned that building for scale right away is the way to do it. We designed everything for scale on the back end right away, and he's he's really talented. He's a, a senior dev, so he's he's great at that, and that's his specialty, so we're good to go there. and. We handle quite a lot of traffic, hundreds of thousands of views every every month. So we're definitely built for scale and ready to rumble if and when we get you know millions of users on board.
0: Okay, as you step out on the balcony and you look across all that you've built, what are you most proud of?
1: Willingness to just go for it. I don't hesitate a lot whenever I have an idea that I think will work. And I think I'm most proud of that. The things I've worked on definitely reflect that. Yeah, I think that's what I'm most proud of is the ability to just go for it. One story is that after I sold my first company, I was looking, I knew that I loved running a business. That was evident after that engagement was over. And so I was ready to run another one. And I love building a business. It doesn't you know, the subject matter matters, but I just love figuring out those moving pieces. And so an example of when I just went for it was when I spotted this landscaping company for sale and it just had a lot of low hanging fruit. And despite the fact that I knew nothing about landscaping, which I wouldn't wholeheartedly (laughs) recommend, I bought this company and it actually turned out really well in the end. I grew it to be about 10 times its original size in a couple of years. And that just speaks for, you know, sometimes you just need to make business decisions on your gut, but also backed up by all of that intuitive knowledge that you have built up. But sometimes the answer isn't crystal clear and you just need to take a best guess. And I think that's what I did with the landscaping business and really proud of how that turned out.
0: Let's flip the script a little bit. Tell me about a mistake you made, specifically with proxy, and how you and your team responded to it.
1: A mistake that we made was spending what I would call just a little bit too much, it wasn't really egregious, but a little bit too much money on going to a convention that we really thought would have a big ROI. It was a risk front and we knew that and we took a calculated risk, but we definitely missed the bar. It turned out to have very little to no ROI. We thought we would have more visibility coming out of the event that we we were kind of given someone's word that they would promote it and it didn't quite happen as expected. That was a blow to all of our team members because we really value fiduciary responsibility and you know, I don't fault any of us cuz it could have had a really good ROI, it just didn't. I think that was our very first hiccup in our business and I think what we learned and what we've done well with sense is speaking honestly with one another and having really good, crucial conversations together about, you know, postmortem postmortems for different situations, or even discussing risks and rewards up front, uh, being more willing to disagree with one another up front in a really, you know, business-oriented way. So all in all, we learned some really good things from that event, and I think we're stronger for it and have learned how to assess risky situations together.
0: Okay, this will be fun, Chelsea. What does the future look like for the product and for your team?
1: Well, first of all, the future looks like growth. So it looks like more people making maps, more people viewing maps, more people making decisions based on maps. It looks like product-led growth. It looks like building out an app that is an exceptional experience for the consumer to decide where to go and what to do and to plan their activities and their lives. For our team, it means really strategic growth and bringing on expert, you know, powerhouses in in their own respects to lead up their functions. I'm really excited about the possibility of transforming how people make decisions and how people consume and visualize location-based information. And I know that there will be a lot of changes along the way, but we are just so excited to embrace the growth and to do it as efficiently and smartly as we can.
0: Let's switch to you. Who influences the way that you work? Name a person or many persons or something that you look up to and why?
1: Well, there have been a few different cohorts of people who have influenced my professional being. The first set of people uh, were a set of mentors that I had in college. These all happened to be women advisors of an organization I was in. They all had careers and passions outside of advising this organization, and they were also well-spoken, and they just had it together. It was so inspiring to watch these women interact with one another, and they really showed me how to lead an organization in a healthy way. And that was really fun to be a part of. Then I think the next group of people who have influenced me is my management chain back at Boeing. This is so strange. They all happened to be women as well, which was incredible. So all the way up to the CFO that I worked under, all of them were so sharp. They all required excellence. And I messed up. I mean, I was right out of college and, you know, I messed up a handful of times. And they just had this grace to help me through those mess ups. And they required me to learn and produce some amazing results. And they taught me about presenting and writing concisely and being in the workplace. And that was incredible. I. I'm so thankful to them. And then now I think I learn the most from different podcasts and books. And I definitely try to have a growth mindset. So just taking in as much as I can and also being gentle with myself. Like there are times when you're going to mess up and that's okay. But moving past that and doing better the next time.
0: So we talked about, you know, mistake earlier, but this is a little different spin. If you could go back to the beginning, what would you do different? Or where would you consider taking a different approach? Maybe, you know, something that didn't go wrong, but something you may tweak a little bit.
1: I've actually been thinking about this a lot just for life in general. I think all of my biggest mistakes, if you will, now nothing has been too bad, so that's lucky, but all of my biggest mistakes were when I know I should have been doing one thing and I did another. I think my biggest learning here is to listen to your gut. For instance, I went to, this was, you know, way back when, but I went to one university when I should have been in Texas A&M the whole time. And I knew that in my gut and I just went to the other university. I had a scholarship and I didn't listen to myself and I should have been at A&M the whole time. Next thing was major, like I should have listened to my heart and I should have majored in marketing. That's what I love doing, but I majored in finance. I thought it was the right thing. And that that kind of just goes throughout my whole life in a whole bunch of different ways. And I'm trying really hard to stop that from happening in the future. So I actually did this exercise where I went back and I wrote down all of the times when I should have just listened to what I really wanted to do and done it. I think I would have been in a completely different space by now if I had listened to myself starting a decade ago. But that, you know, that change starting about three or so years ago. I'm, you know, I'm going to do what I really think is right and go for it, even if people around me don't think it's the smart thing to do.
0: It'd be interesting to to ask this next question and see which direction you go, or if it's the, if it's the same. So you're getting on a plane and you're sitting next to a young entrepreneur who's built the next big thing. They're jazzed about it. They can't wait to show it off to the world and can't wait to show it off to you right there on the plane. What advice do you give that person having gone down this road a bit several times?
1: My biggest piece of advice is take action. Have an impetus for action at all times. So if that person has made the next big thing or has the next big idea, just go for it. Do the next step that you think is the next right thing to do. You'll never know for sure. And even looking back you'll never know just get started and take your best guess and go for it so maybe that next step is making a landing page maybe that next step is starting an email list or you know incorporating or you know whatever that next step is that's the advice I would tell them is just to to have action to be action oriented and get it done
0: that's great advice well, Chelsea, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you for telling the creation story of Proxy. Thanks, Noah. And this concludes another chapter of Code Story. Code Story is hosted and produced by Noah Laphart. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the podcasting app of your choice. And when you get a chance, leave us a review. Both things help us out tremendously.